my opinion is around the influence is that it's really touching the hearts and minds of those people who are struggling with a problem or struggling with some kind of challenge. And what you've been able to do if you are influential is that you've been able to one, identify what the problem is, secondly, articulate it in a way that helps people to say, that's what's going on, that's my problem. I haven't been able to find the words for that. I, I, that's exactly how I'm feeling. Hi, this is Julie Hyde. Thanks for joining me on Making Account, a podcast dedicated to inspiring leaders and business owners to be even better leaders, to create a great culture, empower their people and be more productive. So let's get into it. So welcome, Jane. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Julie. I've been so excited about speaking with you. I know about you know, you just do so much work with your clients and SMEs and leaders. And so it's just super exciting to come on. Thanks for being able to hang out. (laughs) Thank you, Jane. And I'm super excited to be sharing with um, my listeners what you do and talking today about all things influence. So shall we get started? Yeah, let's fire away. Your background's really interesting. So I'd love you to share with people so a little bit about your background and how you've landed to where you are today and what you're doing. Yeah, cool. So probably a bit like a lot of people, you sort of meander and end up on these different paths. But, uh, but you know, I, I grew up in country New South Wales and so I'm a country girl and I uh, really started off, I moved to Brisbane, but I, uh, from northern New South Wales. And, you know, I really started, actually early in my career, I worked for a family called the Mathers family, which is um, really Sir Robert Mathers and the Mathers stores. So some of your listeners, especially some of the business owners might remember, or even the leaders, you know, might have been, remember being fitted for school shoes when you were kids. And, you know, so the Mathers family were really successful family, still are today, and they're like family to me. And um, and so I really learnt through Sir Robert and the and the rest of the family about your name and your reputation and what it means to be part of a community and to um, to employ people to be ethical you know just all those things around what it means to be visible in the community and and to have a business that um, you know people. Uh, when your name is on the shingle, you know, there's not much to hide behind. So <laughs> so uh, I was really fortunate to learn from them from a really young age. So I started working for them when I was 14 and right through to when I was um, about, oh, how old was I, about 28, I, I moved on. And um, uh, but then went on to work in in government in HR, which was a bit extreme difference from <laughs> small business over to there. But I did a marketing degree, and I remember in my second year at uni, uh, when Tom Peters wrote the article in Fast Company magazine about personal branding, and and I remember thinking, geez, you know, like imagine imagine somebody saying they need a personal brand, please, and here's my credit card. Like, I just I found this whole concept really extraordinary and yet I was working for a personally branded business really young and and but I've always really I guess that sort of stuck with me in terms of this is that was the future of work you know even starting to talk about that back then but the reality is is even before all that time we all have a personal brand whether we like it or not yeah so uh, but went on to work for our super retail group so I was the head of learning and development there so looking after capability programs and um, training for about 10,000 people 
and that was across Australia, New Zealand and China and then uh, then went on to start my own practice. And so I started it probably like lots of people who, you know, if they've got their side hustle that start out with a, you know, like I was coaching clients while I still held down a full-time job. So I was doing about 100 hours a week for about 12 months just trying to get it up and and that happened. And so today as a result, uh, so today I work with um, lots of mostly experts in their field. So people who have who are best-selling authors, um, speakers, coaches, consultants, um, and also leaders within organisations. And the common thread across everybody is, the question is, is how do you put yourself out there? <clears throat> how do you do it in a way that is congruent and authentic to who you are, that doesn't feel uncomfortable, doesn't feel like you're being, you know, I think, you know, you feel like a bit of a knob. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, if you're really Aussie, you might say without being a wanker. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just in a way that's still professional. Mm. It's still uh, in a way that's congruent to who you are because, you know, the reality is is that as you would know, Julia, I know you do so much work with your clients in helping them with this stuff is, you know, we just have this challenge here in Australia in this culture of tall poppy, which is really hard. And so we don't want to feel like people are cutting us down or taking the, you know, going, who the hell does she think she is or who does he think he is? And, you know, that's part of our culture. And so I think it's one of those things that people have always struggled with and it's because I've always struggled with it. And Mm. so as a result now I just I've found a way that's worked for me and I just started to get people to ask me to help them and here we are today. I now teach the process and the formula that I've created and, uh, yeah, it's good fun. I'm very grateful to to work with the people that I work with. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, I know a bit of you and what you do, yeah. like how much subscribers to your blog and, you know, I've seen you speak and I suppose that, that point that you made about the tall poppy syndrome and how you... Uh, enable people to, I suppose, connect with their message and then get it out there in a really authentic way. It's something that you lead from the front in because that's that's one word that I would use to describe you, just totally authentic. So, and people buy into that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I think, you know, when before all social media and all that sort of started was you know, everything was perfect. It was mm. all sort of, you know, the, um, everything was driven by media, m- magazines. It was driven by television. It was driven by, you know, everything had a filter over it and and a filter of perfection. And mm. so, you know, even back then, you know, you couldn't publish your own book. We didn't have the internet. You couldn't even publish a blog. We had no YouTube. So back then it was somebody was filtering all that to make everything perfect. Yeah. And then when social media came along was that it forced people because, you know, suddenly you have access to all these tools and, you know, I'm, I now don't have a PR agency. I don't have a publishing um, deal. I can just start publishing stuff. Yeah. So I can put myself out there. So, so um, I think what, what it's really created is that for those people who have the courage to be able to really go, okay, well, if I don't make, and this is probably a bit of the irony of this work is that when you realise that putting yourself out there and and having a message and trying to be authentic and vulnerable and all that stuff that comes with that is the reality is, is it's not even about you anyway. Mm. So, 
is that it's here about serving. It's here to help. Um, in fact, just who you are and your personality is really the the value proposition. That's the thing that makes you unique and different. There's only one of you, mm. and there's plenty of customers out there. So, if, if what I really encourage people to do is is just if the more you can be yourself, but in a professional way, of course, like you, you know, I was talking to someone yesterday who said, yeah, I've got a personal trainer who swears all the time. Is that being authentic? And, and, and I said, yeah, but it's probably not particularly professional. If that's, if they're trying not to attract clients who, you know, if they want a certain type of client, but the reality is, is that there's only one of you. And the more that we can um, put ourselves out there, the more you actually encourage and make it safe for other people to do that. Yes, absolutely. They can see that potential in themselves through you, which is awesome. Yeah, you create the safe. I think it's all about creating safe safety for yeah. that. You know, yeah. I think you would see, you know, there's a lot of people who go, I could never do a video or, or they'll say, you know, this is easy for you. You do this all the time. And I go, I was not, the, for anyone that knows me, I'm not a centre of attention person. I, it's not something I've ever felt comfortable with, but it's the new way of, of business and people buy from people. So yeah. you just kind of have to find a way to do your version of it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Great point. So if we can talk about influence for a minute, because this is uh, a word that's used often and, mm. you know, we want to be leaders of influence. We want to have influence in our marketplace. We want to have influence in our social media space. So can you just tell us a little bit about what this really means, being the expert in this space and how you help, and you have touched on it, but how you help people create influence in their space? Yes. Yeah. And when I think about influence, I think about it in the context of how do you give a voice to a message and then equally how do you give others a voice? So influence is just as much about being able to, it's not just about, it can't just be about what you want. It can't, you know, like it can't, otherwise you've got more a crusade on your hands. (laughs) (laughs) That's something that, you know, you want to change the planet and that's fine. My opinion is around the influence is that it's really touching the hearts and minds of those people who are struggling with a problem or struggling with some kind of challenge. And what you've been able to do if you are influential is that you've been able to, one, identify what the problem is, secondly, articulate it in a way that helps people to say, that's what's going on, that's my problem. I haven't been able to find the words for that. I, I, that's exactly how I'm feeling. Mm. So one is that you, you can identify the prob- a problem that people have. Secondly, you can explain it in a way that they... they can see that you get them they can see that you understand and so that builds trust and the other part is there's that you can tap into the innate fears and challenges that not just the problems but the fears that they're having so the fears around you know particularly with um you know when I talk to people about personal branding or whether it's LinkedIn is there's a fear around what will people think of me um, what if uh, what if I fail? What if what if people unsubscribe? What if people disconnect from me on social media? What if it has the opposite effect? So all that fear of of that I'm I'm actually going to destroy my business or destroy my career in the process if I if I do this. 
Mm. Um, so being able to talk to that means that you've given a voice to that person who's probably got more often not got that rattling around in their head mm. and they sometimes haven't really been able to come up with a solution to fix it. So um, and then what I typically do is once I've worked that out with people is then um, I've built a process. It's called Expert to Influencer and leaders do it as well. We do this within organisations and just really start to say, okay, well, let's get really conscious about the messages you're trying to get out. Let's tap into those problems and fears and what's blocking people because at the end of the day, influence is all about change and you can't change circumstances you can't change situations you are a change agent but you can't help people to get through the changes that they've got to get through unless you can really tap into what will help influence that mindset or influence them to do something different yeah yeah you've explained that so well and touching on the point you brought up before about it not being about you so influence isn't really about you either it's very no, much about a knowing who you're trying to help. Yeah, because otherwise if it's about you, it's manipulation. And, yeah. it, you know, and that's not what, what, it's, what we're trying to encourage people and my message is not about manipulation whatsoever. Um, you know, then that's, that's when I'm trying to do something for me. And then so that's, you know, that's not the essence of it. The essence yeah. of influence is I'm here to support you and I'm here to help you. I I can see that you've got this challenge or I'm sensing that you've got this challenge. Am I right? This is what I'm thinking. And maybe I've been there too. I can empathise. I can understand. Here's what happened to me when I tried to do it. And here's some things that worked for me. Maybe they might work for you. Do you want to give them a go? Yeah. Um, and, you know, whether it's through storytelling, whether it's through metaphors, whatever it might be, is we've got to find creative ways to get that message through because, People are so distracted. You've got people checking their phone. What is it? I thought saw the data the other day, 125 times a day. I think millennials check it 250 times a day. You've got so many, you know, the volume of noise that people are dealing with. So it's becoming harder for leaders, for business owners to get that message through. And the, the other challenge too is that, um, what I found in my research, so I surveyed over, uh, we're just over about 2,000 people that have undertaken this questionnaire that I've got that I diagnosed to identify their influence gaps. Yeah. And, um, and we found overwhelmingly that we think we're noisier than what we really are. So we have a bias because we see ourselves. Like, you know, if you put your social media up, it's like looking in a mirror, like you naturally sort of gravitate to your own content and but the reality is is that we it's really hard for us to see our content from someone else's perspective and when you start to realize that actually this is really hard to get cut through and we have a fear of being boring fear of repeating ourselves fear of that you know we're not going to be relevant and so but what we have to do is become what Patrick Lencioni would say who's the um, author of the advantage and the five dysfunctions of a team um, he says that we've got to be the chief reminder officers is that we've just and he says that you know you're getting through when people start to mock you <laughs> and I reckon he's pretty right I like that I was like that's so true yeah um, you know some people are afraid of that and I go no mm. that's it's kind of good that means you're getting through you're getting the cut through if they're mm. if they're making taking the mickey out of you yeah 
Oh, great points. So much resonated with me right there. Because <laughs> those little fears are always going on in the background. So sort I'm of going, oh my God, I hope people don't think I'm just in their face. Whereas it's probably yeah. quite the opposite. But really great yeah. distinction about manipulation versus influence. I think that's really important. Yeah. Because we've all been on the end of manipulators before and not liked it. No, and you know, word gets around. Like yeah. that creates a reputation. People people soon start to work that out. And you know, today it's more transparent than ever. You know, you can go onto a Google review, you can go onto a Facebook review, you can go onto uh, you know, people uh, you know, and that creates a lot of fears for people too. Yeah. So we go, well, guess what? The more yeah. authentic you are and you do the right thing, then it'll actually work well for you. But if you're coming from that place of self-serving and manipulation, it's yep. not going to work. No, that's yeah. right. That's right. So can we talk about LinkedIn for a minute? Yes. Because yes. you are the expert in that space and you have a profile in the top 1%, which is absolutely phenomenal. So <laughs> I know you've done a whole lot of research around the LinkedIn space. Yeah. And, I, and for leaders and, um, you know, small business owners, they really think that that is that place for them. And I'm exactly the same. So um, do you have any tips that you can share with our listeners about how they can get the most out of LinkedIn because you can spend a whole lot of time for very little turn or you can spend the time and get at least some traction or a mocker. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, you know, LinkedIn is, we have such a love-hate relationship with it, don't we? Mm. Um, you know, we love it for what we can see and access and then get frustrated with it with algorithm changes and, you know, you just seem to go, oh, that was working yesterday and now it doesn't work and now I have to do what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so um, so I'm, I'm, I'm in that camp too. Days I love it, days I can't stand it. But what I think is I guess I, I've over the years I've taken a different approach with LinkedIn, in particular the last three or four years because Back when LinkedIn, when I wrote Connect, which was yep. the LinkedIn book, you know, the algorithm was pretty easy to follow. It was really easy to, you know, not a lot of people were really using it back then. So back then there was probably about, I think we had about 200 million people on it. Now we've got 600 million plus, so 650, I think we're pushing towards seven. So, but back then it was sort of like, uh, it was easy to what uh, and it was still complex for a lot of people but for us as writers so I was writing the I was the only one writing profiles back then and back what I found is that if I'm working with there's two things if you're talking and I know for those who are listening if you're a leader in this game there's a couple of things I want to share with you and if you're a business owner in this game a couple of things to share with you so but one thing that both have in common is, is the first thing is, is you've got to really know what your goal is. You've got mm. to know what is the actual purpose of having this profile because there's plenty of clients that I've had where I, I sit down with them, they ring up and they'll say, can you work, can you do my LinkedIn with me? And when I get into it, I go, actually, LinkedIn's not going to get you the result you're after. Why don't you actually do this? And I'll give them a different approach because I say, look, I can, you can spend your money on getting me to do this. I'm happy to do it, but just as long as you know that, it's not going to get you the result. You're actually better to go and do this. And that can be things like managing your database more effectively or, you know, like I had a gentleman this morning, he's got 52,000 people on his database. He's been in business for 30 years. And he think, and he's like, I need to get more clients on LinkedIn. And I'm like, why? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. so you've got 
all these great clients over here. So, so the first thing I would just really encourage people to do is really just stop and think, why do you actually, why do you need to do it? Um, the second thing then is based on the goal that you're trying to achieve is to make sure it's written that w- so that it will achieve that goal. So what I find is that I fix a lot of profiles um, and so I find, and this is um, not with all writers, but um, what I've found is I've ended up writing most of them because I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find LinkedIn writers that I can refer work to and I can't because the problem is they write beautiful profiles and they look amazing, but they're not functional. Yeah. And so what happens is they've got a beautiful photo and they're written, you know, in a really beautiful way. Um, however, they're not search engine optimised. They don't have enough groups in them. They're not, um, they're, they're, these people aren't turning up in search results. But to the average person who perhaps has paid for a service like that, they're oblivious. They don't know. And so they are proud of their profile. But guess what? No one can find you. Mm. So so I'm a big advocate of ensuring that what I think for anyone who's thinking about getting help with their LinkedIn and not that people have to come to me, but if you go to someone to get help is that you really want a before and after as in the results that you're getting, not just that it looked average and now it looks amazing because it looks don't get results. Yeah. Um, The actual technical back end of it, you need it to look pretty, but you need the back end to work. Yeah. So, um, so that's one thing. And then the third thing I would say is if you're a leader, so that those two things are actually common to SM if you've got business owners and leaders. Yep. For leaders, I would say one thing is 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 to I would really encourage you to make keep in mind that 75% of job seekers who are looking at their next role, particularly if you have a job on um, a website like Seek or wherever is that they will be looking up your profile. <laughs> so um, I worked with a company recently where we, we got an increase of around 800% of the people in the applicant pool um, and as a result of just making sure that the profiles were written effectively, that you're a brand ambassador, you're why it's a great place to work, what do you as a leader like to work with? Um, so tell the story. Don't put up and say, you know, I'm, I'm an effective communicator and I run blah, blah, blah. That's, a, that's an obituary. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I read it out loud, it'd probably sound like I'm at your funeral. Yeah. So, you know, I just really encourage people, so don't have obituaries up there. Have marketing documents and inspire the talent that are thinking about working with you. It's really hard to get talent. Um, so be the leader, be the brand ambassador um, because they're validating you. Um, so particularly if you've got jobs out and advertised. Um, but the mm. other thing for uh, business um, business owners is my encouragement to you is um, be really proactive. So yeah. is I get a lot of people who put their profile up and will say, ta-da, okay, it's all done and it all looks great. And and then oh, I'll say, so how's it going? And I go, yeah, I don't get anything out of LinkedIn. Yeah, I just don't get anything out of it. And um, I say, okay, well, how many people have you reached out to in the last week? Oh, none. So, <laughs> so there's quite often a perception that, you know, but even if you've paid for Sales Navigator or all that sort of thing, you know, just because you pay more money or premium even, just because yes. you pay more money doesn't mean you're going to get all the clients. Is 
There's so much you can do with a free account and start being proactive. Go find those clients, reach out to them, start conversations with them. If you sit back and be passive, you're not going to get anything out of it. Yeah. Oh, awesome tips. So really understanding why and and what your goal is for LinkedIn and having that written and then, of course, making sure that your um, profile is not an obituary. It's, it's something that's real. And as you say, it needs to be SEO'd and, and um, able to be picked up, obviously, like yours is. So I think probably your profile is going to have a whole heap of hits on it once this podcast. <laughs> I'm used to stalkers. I do get the odd message that goes, I'm really sorry. I hope you don't mind me connecting. I've been you oh, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> always makes me laugh please join us but I love the point about for the leaders so to make yeah. sure that they're the brand ambassador and what do you like to work for so I love that and yeah I think that's really really powerful and of course for um your small, your small business owners or business owners in general it's just to be proactive yeah, yeah um, exactly guilty of falling into that space of probably not being as proactive as I should be. So great tips. Thank you, Jane. My pleasure. And I think just one thing to add to that, you know, if people struggle with being proactive is get help. Mm. You know, there's, you know, get one of your team, get a business manager, get a VA, whatever you need yep. to do. There's plenty of people who can help you. Yeah. Um, it's definitely worth the return. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, I'll get you to share at the end how people can get in contact with you because obviously if they need help with their whole strategy of LinkedIn, yeah, yeah. that's something they can tap into you for as well. Yeah, I'll also give you um, even the link. They can download the Connect book for free so you can, they don't have to opt in or anything. I'll give you the link where they can just download. Oh, and um, it's got the whole formula in there of how to how to build it and, you know, and then that way you can save some money if you if for those who are, you know, going, well, I reckon I could have a look at this myself. I've got yep. in there how you can test where you're turning up. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you that as well and your listeners can just download that for free. Oh, thank fine. you. That's so generous. My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> now, as you know, I'm really passionate about changing our culture of busy. And so yeah. you're an entrepreneur. You're an yes. author of just six books. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm so behind. <laughs> yeah. um, you're a podcaster. You've interviewed Seth Godin on your podcast, which is amazing. You're a speaker. You're a partner. You're a daughter. You're a friend. All of you know these things that we do. So how do you navigate the demands on your time? Yeah, um, great question. So uh, there are a few things. So one thing that I did, and this is, you know, I think it's a constant battle. There's definitely not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm as human as anybody else and go, I just need the world to stop for five minutes so I can do some stuff. But um, there's a couple of things that I found have worked for me. Uh, so one is I spent last year removing a lot of things out of my life. So I removed things like... Um, certain clients I removed or closed programs that I was running that were too too busy and too hectic that yeah. required too much of my space and time. Um, um, I also uh, I also just re- things like because, um, you know, the reality is you can't just keep adding more in. You, mm-hmm. If you're going to keep growing, if you're going to improve, if you're going to grow your business or grow your career is that 
you can't just keep doing the same things and then keep adding more on. You have to create space. So my word last year was space. So I just started to remove everything. I removed a hill's hoist out of my backyard, actually. Um, so, you know, <laughs> we're renovating. Um, but, you know, like you just got to, I, I think the first step is, 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 to find time is you actually have to get rid of some things and mm. I think that was the best place to start. Mm. The second thing um, is that, uh, and I actually wrote a blog about this uh, at the beginning of the year, it was called Removals, Routines and a Ruckus. Um, so removals was get rid of stuff. you got to go, kind of got to Marie Kondo your life, Marie Kondo your, your calendar. Um, the second thing I did was then, uh, and that I always do this is uh, routines, habits and routines are, but you know, just calendars set up um you know the treadmill set up all you have to do is get on it um what are the habits and routines that need to just be in the calendar whether it's daily weekly monthly gym that kind of stuff yeah um and then uh the third one and, and high impact things so you know it, that way if someone wants you to do something if i've already got something else booked in unless I can move it some sometimes I can't but it's like well actually I've got to prioritize me this is what I had in there first so um so that's the routines and routines is often uh for me is often having to get an accountability buddy like it might be one of my team and I would just say can you just hold me accountable to this can you please jump on this meeting with me if I don't do it if I don't have you in there I'll, I'll it'll end up something will go wrong something will move so um and then the last one is the ruckus. And the ruckus is, as you said, Seth Godin's talks a lot about creating a ruckus. And we talked about it in the podcast with him um, last year. And and the ruckus is what's, what is it that you're prepared to talk about and that you're really passionate about and want to make a noise about? And again, you can't do that if you haven't got space and, and um, in your calendar and time. So, so removing all the other stuff, put the routines in yeah. of what they're like the conveyor belt that just have to keep happening. But then the, and then the ruckus is where I go, what is the big piece? What is the, what's the big idea or what is the key, key piece of work here that needs to be done? Mm. And then that's broken up into, well, what are, it kind of goes in with habits and routines really. Like, yeah. um, so I think those two things, the removals and the routines, the ruckus kind of fits into that and I found that's the formula that kind of works for me. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. It absolutely works for me, the routines, but I love what you said before. I mean, you can't keep piling things on to what you're already doing and then expecting to have time to do yeah. things for yourself. It's just, it's not going to happen. So I love that, creating that space. What a great word yeah. to have for the year. Yeah, I actually read this really great book. Um, I've been talking to people about it. It's 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 not a new book. It's been around since 2012. Um, but this book, it's by Nancy Klein, and it's called Time to Think. Okay. And um, it's actually a book for those people in your world who are, are coaches. A lot of coaches have read this book. Okay. Um, but what actually started to make me read about creating space more, she has this uh, system called the thinking environment. Um uh, I run uh, content creation boot camps where we lock people away for two days and, you know, like they're not, they've got bum glue, they're not allowed to go anywhere, like, right, you will do this and you are not getting on the plane and going home until it's done kind of yeah. stuff, yeah. Um, which I love. And it's really about creating what I call a pass. We've got to create a pass for you. Like um, we've got to create a plan, accountability, space and support. And so I've been doing a lot more reading around this kind of stuff around what is it 
why is it that that creates um, like the removal of busy yeah. is we've got to remove all that busyness, get the space to think, the time to think mm. and do the high impact work that we've got to do. Um, and so sometimes you need someone to hold that space for you. And yeah. so that's what I've been doing over the last um, year with this new program, yeah. Fantastic. Now talking about your program, because I know people are going to want to get into contact with you, how can they find you? As I say, I'm oh, going yeah. to send the links out, but like what are the types of things that they can find you for? Oh, yeah, um, you should be able to find me in most spots. So LinkedIn obviously is one, um, Instagram's around, Twitter, Facebook, uh, um, uh, Pinterest. I haven't tackled TikTok. I, I am on TikTok, but I keep... I, I keep having false starts on there. I go, okay, we'll try this. And then I think we're all getting ahead around TikTok. But, um, but yes, and you can go to the website, of course, jane-anderson.com. Yeah, that's a really great, um, I suppose, window into everything that you do, I find, which is, um, as I say, I'll send the links out for that. So thank you, Jane. And you've been incredibly generous with your time and with the value that you've offered here. And I wish I could keep talking to you, but respecting your time and <laughs> I know you've got That's a lot right. on um I'd like to ask you a final question um which is really in line with um what the podcast is all about which is making it count so how do yes. you feel that you're making it count yeah it's a really good question and I think it's something that I really take stock on every year because you know to to continue to feel like you're not just going through the motions that you are actually having an impact. Um, and the first book I wrote was called Impact, which was exactly this this question, is yeah. what's the impact that you have and what are you doing to make it count? Um, so for me is where I had to really make uh, work out where I make my impact the most is, um, was, is enabling uh, our practitioners. So I have a community of practitioners that teach the programs that I I've created so expert to influencer and personal branding and LinkedIn and all that sort of stuff. So I realized that I was not having the impact that I could have by working so much one on one with individuals. So the the making it count over the last twelve months or two years really has been about building the licensing of my programs, mm. and that I had to start to let go and let other people shine let other people play in their genius and for me to create the tools for them to go and make it count so um so yeah so that's been the the big one for me in the learning over the last couple of years is let it make for like let it make it count for other people and not and create the ripple so they can get to more people than i can um there's only 40 hours of delivery in my calendar so um so if I can help other practitioners go out and help people then it it makes it count much more oh thank you that's thank you for sharing that's um that's absolutely how I see you in um in your space and what you do so um you're definitely creating that real effective change so I really appreciate it Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, pleasure. Thank you. And thanks so much to your listeners. And um, yeah, reach out anytime. And uh, thanks again for having me, Julie. Pleasure. Thanks for listening. And I hope that you have gained some great ideas and feel inspired to get out there and make what you do count for your leadership, your business and your life. Please do leave a review for this podcast and please share it with your network. Send any feedback or suggestions for future guests by emailing me, julie at juliehide.com.au. For now, let's get out there and make it count.